Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What up, everybody? Happy holidays and welcome to the Week 17 Fantasy Flex Waiver Podcast presented by Last Gate. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, happy holidays. How's it going, man? Happy holidays. What a what a wild, uh, just Week 16, just crazy. Uh, I got destroyed on spreads and totals, mm. uh, which has been pretty rare this year. I've been doing good in that that realm um seven and six on props although if you look at my mentions you guess i went oh and 13 i had a couple really bad calls on my props but overall you know slightly positive on props uh really good projections week i think i did good on fancy pros again and in fancy football my god i got destroyed in our action network league Uh, i just got hit hard by uh covid i had austin eckler mike williams and like no depth at running back so unfortunately i am not facing you in the finals this week. Uh, so congrats to anybody out there that survived this week and advanced to the finals. Um, hopefully we can give you some advice this week uh, to bring down your championship. But unfortunately, that will not be me in our league. But yeah. you, on the other hand. No, I'm, I, I feel like I did good in fantasy and did good in DFS. But yeah, betting was just a, a shit show. <laughs> I mean, I'm not yeah. even going to go into if, if If you had under 20 first half Broncos Raiders, you know, you know how that went. Uh, hopefully you got the 20 and a half or something. Cause that was murderous, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think everyone who has made it to the championship deserves a congratulations. Cause these yeah. last two weeks really are just, and, and like, even people like, let's say you had Jonathan Taylor, you know, oh yeah, like he, yeah. he didn't really do much, uh, you know, this week, but I will say this before we even get started. Cause we don't usually talk about, uh, you know, defenses or anything like that. We, we try to keep it to the, the main four positions, but you can pick up if you're listening to this before Monday night football, you can pick up the saints for free um, because they shouldn't have to clear waivers since they didn't play yet. If you have a roster spot, uh, if you can put somebody on IR or drop somebody that you're not going to use in, in that game um, because they're right now, seven point favorites against the Panthers. The total is only 38. 
And the Panthers, there's speculation that they be, may be dealing with major COVID issues. So, um, you know, if the Saints are available in your league and you're going to need a defense because you made the championship and you've been kind of streaming, um, go pick up the Saints uh, just as kind of a speculative ad. They should get healthier for next week. And the Panthers, uh, you know, they've already put some guys on the COVID list. It's going to be Cam Newton or Sam Darnold. So it's, it, it should be a good matchup uh, for them. Yeah, it's a great call. All right, let's get into uh, – we'll start with the showdown slate real quick uh, for Monday night, and then we'll get into our top waiver priorities at quarterback, running back, uh, wide receiver, and tight end. We have the Dolphin Saints, Sean, captain spot. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara is an obvious one on the Saints side. So let's talk more about the Dolphins. Um, you know, who are you looking at for on their side in terms of the captain spot? I think the Dol- the Dolphin side, Jalen Waddle makes a ton of sense. He could be a target hog tonight. Um, and he could thrive in either a positive or negative game script. Obviously, I'm expecting a positive tonight going up against Ian Book. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be tough for the Dolphins to run tonight going up against the top-ranked mm-hmm. defense and run DVOA. So, you know, quick passes to Jalen Waddle and, you know, leaning on his after-the-catch ability. It's probably the Dolphins' game plan tonight. So I think he's a good bet for a ton of targets, ton of catches. So, he makes logical sense for the captain slot, but also I think Tua himself could be sneaky. Um, you know, th- this is a rare time where he's had Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Mike Isecki all at the same time. And like I said, they could lean on the pass a ton tonight. Tua has some rushing upside. So I think Tua makes sense as well in the captain slot. But I think Waddle is probably your best bet uh, to go with him. And then you'll have to get creative in the flex slot, obviously. Yeah, I uh, like Watto as well. He's the guy that stands out for me. Uh, I don't think I'm really doing much to it. I did love the angry run. Uh, I think it was last week against the Jets. He like trucks, truck stick somebody. But uh, I just, I, I still have a lot of respect for the Saints defense. I know they got some, you know, some COVID issues, obviously. But, um, you know, home game, uh, you know, down to your third string quarterback. I, I just think their defense is going to have to carry them. So I think it's going to be more of a, uh, a low scoring game. I mean, the total is what now 37. It's just, I think it might be the lowest total of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Has so, to be. Yeah. I, I, the total is up to 38, and I love the under. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have this projected, like, like, this is even before the Taysom Hill news. I had it projected around like 36 and a half, but with Ian Book, I have it right at 35. So this is my lowest total projection of the season. Um, and it, it should be the lowest total for, for every every reason you're going to talk about. But yeah, I still love the under at 38. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. So Waddle for me, just because I think he can get, you know, he could get those catches, you know, they like throwing to him in the end zone for safeties and things like that. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, he's going to get his catches is kind of what I'm trying to say. And more importantly, uh, I think that Devonte Parker, you know, he could be the guy on the outside that they kind of lock up. That's what the Saints tend to do. Um, you know, Lattimore is playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure, you know, like every time we record, there's like COVID news going on. Yeah. That I know of. I haven't checked my yeah, phone. No, in five so I know minutes, Jenkins, so. I think is on the list. Uh, the safety. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah both but, linebackers. Yeah. But I so, think their cornerback group is the, the only safe group right now. Sure. So, yeah. So that's, that kind of favors Waddle who can move around a little bit more than a guy uh, and a guy who goes underneath a little bit more than a guy like Parker, who's going to be, you know, perimeter guy running most of his routes near the sideline. I think he's going to be easier to take out. And the Saints have done really well against tight ends this year. I know Gasicki isn't your traditional tight end, but um, that's also something to kind of keep in mind. It just kind of points to Waddle. Uh, For DFS cheat codes, um, let's start. Since you said, you know, you you probably had a pretty good projection week. Uh, You did another top five last week, so congrats on that. Um, 
But I'm curious as to your projections on Gaskin and Duke Johnson, because I think <laughs> a lot of people are curious. And I got a, I got way too many questions yesterday. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. I had some time before lock. So I, I, you know, I said, Hey, if anyone wants to ask them last minute questions and I got way too many questions about, should I start Duke Johnson? And like, even like, should I start Duke Johnson over like Justin Jackson or Ronald Jones? Ooh. And it was just like, <laughs> no, you shouldn't. So I, I feel yeah. like people are going to have the same type of question for this more so in relation to Miles Gaskin than anything else, maybe in relation to Mark Ingram. So I'm just curious as to like, how, how are you projecting the usage split between Gaskin and Duke Johnson for this tough matchup? Yeah. So it's a really tough matchup. I have them basically even in terms of rush attempts. So right around 10 each, it's really hard. This is why I said Miles Gaskin was a frozen pond running back heading into the season is, you know, Brian Flores is the kind of guy, he, he doesn't need to stick with one guy. He plays a hot hand. So right now, Duke Johnson is a hot hand, but that could change again tonight. So I think when it comes to attacking this backfield, it's like, who's going to get the most receiving work? I think that's going to be the key uh, to get around the Saints defense. And last week, you know, Gaskin still outran Duke Johnson, which is kind of crazy. When you think of Duke Johnson, you think of him as a pass catching back, but it was still Gaskin as a pass catching back. So I'm sticking with Gaskin here. He's like a uh, RB three with a really, really low floor. Uh, but I think, you know, he's going to bounce back in terms of rush attempts and should still um, see the most receiving work. So I think it's, it's Gaskin for me. Um, but you know, you have Philip Lindsay coming back. I don't know if Malcolm Brown is set to come back tonight, but he's <laughs> due to come off. Like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't like if you tell this long, that was probably a bad move, uh, but you're stuck with one of these two guys. I'd probably lean Gaskin. How about you? Yeah, I have I have Gaskin in my RB43 and Johnson in my RB44 for the week. Sounds have, about right. <laughs> yeah, I have Gaskin at 10.2 touches for 37 yards and .29 touchdowns. And then Johnson at 9.8 touches for 39 yards and .29 touchdowns. Do you so have Lindsay getting any line. touches? Yeah, I have Lindsay getting about 4, 4.8 touches for 22.7 yards. Okay. So, that's a little bit more than me. So yeah, that's <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hot hand, right? And they, yeah, they, they yeah. acquired Lindsay, you know, they, they, what did they trade for him? I think it was, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I how did they, they got him? I don't, I don't know how they Texans... have to give up much, obviously to get him. but <laughs> you know, players don't just like get traded from the Texas. They just like magically appear <laughs> on a different roster. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, it could be a four back backfield. I mean, you know, I, I have Ahmed getting like one touch, it, or, but I, that could change to like Brown or, you know, it's like, whoever. Right. So I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, my point is I wouldn't, I would actually probably like to be underweight relative to the field on all of the Dolphins oh, yeah, running backs sure. in this game. <laughs> um, the only, the only thing being that they could have a positive game script, but even, even mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's just so hard to run on the Saints defense. Uh, anyone else? So who, guys are actually looking to play <laughs> in the flex spot. Yeah. I'm with you there. I'm just, avoiding this backfield to begin with. But I mean, if you want to be dangerous, you could target a guy like Philip Lindsay because there is so much uncertainty who the hell knows. But I think uh, when it comes to the pass catchers, Isaiah Ford is probably the, the sneaky guy to target because Albert Wilson is out. He was placed on the COVID list last night, I believe. Um, so I expect Ford to eat up most of his snaps. Um, and he's sort of the logical replacement. Uh, he had three catches for 51 yards last week. If he could just do that again, That'll be enough to kind of win the slate here. Um, uh, curious to hear how you're thinking of how that's going to shape out. You have guys like, you know, Mac Hollins, um, Preston Williams, who seems to be complete out of the rotation now. 
Um, guys like that, you can take swings at, but I think Isaiah Ford probably has the highest floor. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to the Saints side, I think uh, Ian Bo- Book is, you know, sneaky because of his rushing upside, but he's a quarterback. So I, I don't think he's going to be like under the radar, uh, but I might have some shares of Book. And then Lil John Humphrey, I think with Traquan's Lil Jordan Humphrey. Sorry, it's not like yeah. Tra- Troy Aikman. <laughs> butchered it <laughs> yeah, exactly um but with with troy uh not troy aikman uh traquan smith banged yeah. up both tight ends, but yeah we're getting all the names mixed up now both tight ends are out due to covid um you know a player like humphrey could see a spike in playing time and usage tonight so you know one game slate a guy like humphrey uh certainly is in play how about you yeah i like the humphrey call because i think like a couple of weeks ago before he got hurt in practice. Uh, they were kind of planning on using him as uh, more of, you know, in, in the main wide receiver rotation, potentially as their number two or number one. Yep. Uh, and then he got hurt. And then, you know, they had to keep going, you know, to go back to Callaway and uh, Traquan. But, you know, they've released Kenny Stills at one point. They brought him back, obviously. I think they released Kevin White. So they were they were kind of sold on Humphrey. So I, I do like him. He's also like the cheapest one. We don't know if Stills will be active. So Stills would be the cheapest one. But. Uh, he's he's been healthy scratched a couple of times, including last week, I believe. So, uh, you know, Humphrey and then on the Miami, uh, Nick Vanette, uh, the tight end for the Saints. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still not on the COVID list, right? <laughs> not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Got to double and, check. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he can run every route. He could he could be on the field for every snap uh, because Troutman is still on it. And I believe Johnson. I think they're going to elevate Ethan Wolf. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that goes is. to show, yeah. So Vanette will probably run most of the routes tonight. Yeah. So he's, and he's been somewhat involved even mm-hmm. when he's been splitting time. So, uh, you know, him being one of the cheapest pass catchers, uh, that's going to see a, a lot of routes. Like if you just look at like projected routes per salary, I think Vanette, you know, and then Humphrey, uh, would win out. And what, another guy, Durham Smythe or Smith, I don't even know how you pronounce it. <laughs> I think it's Smythe. Yeah. Smythe. Durham Smythe. Uh, he's been, so the dolphins, you know, people might not realize this, but the dolphins are like the heaviest personnel team in the league. They run two tight ends uh, more than anyone else. And Durham Smith averages 41% uh, routes run per drop back for the year, but he's been at 59% plus two of the last three games, 61% last game. Adam Shaheen got hurt, you know, three, about four weeks ago. And I'm not sure that he's still hurt or that they're just healthy scratching him now, but he hasn't played in, in a, in a few weeks and uh, Smith's routes have kind of gone up even a little, he was always, you know, in that like 30 to 40% range, but they've gone up a little more. Uh, and then Hunter long has kind of taken that third spot for Shaheen. So, you know, I think Smith, Smith, Smith is, Smythe. yeah, is a, is another guy here who if you just look at projected routes per salary. Um, he's gonna be there, and it's it's a primetime game, so you you know you got to go with the tight end, right? Like, gotta be. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Especially the Dolphins. I, I do think that Shaheen was missing due to his knee injury, okay. and he was finally able to get in a full practice this week. So I think he should return. But that again, hurts like that hurts long more than it hurts Mike. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And Sita and Carter. I mean, he's they out. have a hundred tight ends. Yo, so. Carter's apparently on the COVID list. I, I believe. Yes, so he's out. So yeah, I think. You know, Smythe Smith, whatever uh, his name is, um, should see 35 to 45 yeah. percent routes run. And I, I do think that the Dolphins will be more pass heavy here. So he's in play. Um, you know, I think there's so many like under the radar options here. So we probably don't have to go this deep. But Tommy Lee Lewis, 
on the Dolphins. Um, he was always Drew Brees' deep threat way back in the day. It's a revenge game. Uh, if you want to get wild, <laughs> uh, he might be on the field for like two routes tops. Uh, but you know, he's he's like the lone deep threat for this team, so he could be sneaky. But like I said, this this slate is pretty bad, and there's a lot of ancillary options, so I probably won't go this deep. But he seems like the biggest troll threat for this slate. Well, yeah, because it actually goes right into the, two of my favorite plays are the defenses because you know lowest total of the year, just yeah, the defensive game. Yeah. You could stack Lewis with the Dolphins defense. He returned a punt last week. Uh, he was returning yeah. punts, so um, you know that's what they're kind of bringing him up. Well, I mean, he played eleven special team snaps anyway, but returning punts is one of his duties. So um, yeah, he's a good he's a good uh, kind of. Large like one line. If you're going to make 150 lines, have one of them <laughs> with him or, or just 150, and you just win all the money. If, if it hits, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, somewhere in between, maybe. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. For this show, we like to do Monday Night Football. So, Sean, give us your prize pick elite entry for the Week 16 Monday Night Football matchup between the New Orleans Saints and Miami Dolphins. Uh, so, I'm going with Tua over 220 and a half passing yards tonight. Um, you know, the Dolphins have the seventh highest early down pass rate. Um, and that mainly has to do with their offensive line being so terrible. They really can't run the ball. Um, so, they love to have a quick hitting, you know, short passing attack with Tua. Um, and, you know, I think they're going to lean on that even more tonight, facing the number one ranked run defense in the New Orleans Saints. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to throw for like 400 yards tonight, but I think he has a really high floor. Um, even a potentially positive game script, the Dolphins do tend to lean on the pass. Um, and this is a rare game. This is actually the fourth game this season where Tua, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, and Mike Kosicki are all going to be active. So I think uh, I want to buy low on this passing attack. Um, and I'm projecting him closer to 245 and a half yards tonight so i think there's a bit of value uh with the over 220 and a half passing yards for two tonight for my prize pick lead entry i'm going alvin camara over 21 and a half receiving yards and he's been over this in 60 percent of his games this year uh, i think you worry about him a lot more catching the ball with Taysom hill at quarterback because then um you know Taysom hill's just he just hasn't shown the you know, really the tendency to, to dump it off to Kamara as much. But something else I noticed, you know, in the last game, Kamara, Ingram, you know, those the running backs were running a route on pretty much every play. And sometimes they were in a game together. And so, you know, it's, this is not the normal backfield where Kamara is kind of getting, you know, two thirds and Ingram's getting one third and, you know, they're pass blocking. Like these guys are being used as receivers just because the Saints are, they really don't have much at tight end or wide receiver. So I don't think Ingram, you know, being here and being healthy is going to really cut into Kamara's receiving usage. And I think the quarterback situation gets better. Um, so I think this number is way too low. Uh, I think he's going to be, you know, Ian Book, his first pro start, short notice. Uh, you're going to build a game plan around kind of dumping it off to, to Kamara. Um, either way, you know, whether it's, you know, on purpose or just he's the outlet guy. So um, I think they use the tight ends to block if they need, you know, an extra extra protection here. So Alvin Kamara over 21 and a half receiving yards against the Dolphins. That's going to do it for our prize pick of weed entry for today. To recap, John is going with Tua Tungavailoa over 220 and a half passing yards. And I'm going with Alvin Kamara over 21 and a half receiving yards. 
As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you want to get on it quickly in order to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. Uh, all right, let's get into our waivers. Uh, quarterbacks, Sean, uh, who, if you're in the fantasy championship game, you know, but you need a quarterback, which I might, I, I had to start Josh Johnson uh, in our fantasy league. That actually went Ooh. pretty well, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but could have been a lot worse. But um, who are you looking at for this week? Let's assume that the Ravens are going to get like either Lamar or Huntley back. So I, I, I'll take right. Johnson out of the equation. I think he might be the top ad if not, but um, assuming he's not an option, who do you like as a top ad for this week? Uh, I mean, hopefully you have a top eight quarterback right now. Cause I, I don't like the streaming quarterbacks this week, especially for the finals week uh, where it's the most important. So, I mean, a guy like Taysom Hill, if he was dropped and available, uh, assuming he returns this week um, would be my top streaming option against the Panthers. Uh, you know, who's a tough, they're a tough matchup for quarterbacks. Uh, but with him, you know, he, we're playing him because of his rushing upside. So he'd still be a good play. Um, so Taysom Hill for me. And then Justin Fields uh, probably has the highest ceiling of the rest. Um, although I am a bit worried that he's dealing with an ankle injury. Um, they don't have really anything to play for right now. So, uh, you know, he, he might have a lower floor than I'd like heading into finals week. So uh, I just don't like the option. So hopefully Taysom Hill's dropped and you can add him this week. Yeah, Taysom Hill, he's, in, he's available uh, just over half of leagues. So I think he's the the clear guy, um, you know, fields. I think if he's, if he's playing, he's healthy. I mean, he's the, listen, they got to win without him. So if they're playing him, I assume that he would be ready to go. Um, yes. Which means, you know, again, you just got to target these guys with the rushing upside. Like hopefully, you know, and I tweeted it out, you know, uh, you know, Josh Johnson. Hey, like if you, if you need it, if you're desperate, pick up Josh Johnson. Cause he has rushing upside. you know, it's like, that's who you need period. So Mac Jones, uh, Davis Mills, I think is another one. He's playing well. Um, but like these guys, they just don't have the rushing upside. Uh, Tua going against Tennessee, assuming he escapes this New Orleans game, uh, probably is the next option up after Taysom and Fields. Uh, I would think, you know, he's another guy that's available in over half of, uh, of fantasy leagues. And uh, he's got a little bit of rushing upside. Again, he truck sticks somebody against the Jets. So, <laughs> um, you know, this Tennessee defense, I mean, they're real physical defense. So maybe. Maybe not a good look for a Miami team that plays in warm weather going to Tennessee late in the year, but uh, that could just mean they have to throw more. So, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to running back. And man, uh, first of all, happy Rex Burkhead day. I feel like I've been <laughs> shouting him out all year. Yeah. And it's crazy because I had the under in that game. I think you did too. Of course, that yep. didn't hit. But <laughs> my, whole, my whole reasoning was like, even though I like Rex Burkhead for DFS, I think you should pick him up in waivers. Um, Houston can't run the ball, and that's really the Chargers' weakness. And lo and behold, Rex Burkhead goes bonkers uh, against this team. So, I mean, shouts to Rex Burkhead. Uh, shouts to, you know, anyone who picked him up and played him in DFS or picked him up in fantasy and played him and got to the championship week because of it. But I'll start with him just because he had such a huge stat mm-hmm. line. Um, is he, like, the number one waiver priority just because he has a huge stat, had a huge stat line? And he is still that weed back. But he is going at the same time against one of the toughest matchups in the league in terms of run defenses. I believe San Francisco entered the week with the top three 
uh, DVOA run defense? Yeah, I think people should just go back in time and listen to you last week and play them. Because <laughs> like you said, that was that was just an easy matchup. They ended up, you know, killing the Chargers. Uh, this week, probably won't have the same luck against the 49ers. You know, they're 14-point underdogs or whatever this week. Um, and like you said, you know, the 49ers are the number two ranked defense in DVOA against the run. So this is a much tougher matchup. It's going to be a lot tougher for him to run. And, you know, David Johnson, I don't know if he's going to return or not, but if he returns, that's going to eat into Burkhead's receiving usage, which I think is critical in a matchup like this. So I think he's going to come back down to earth. But again, you can't deny that he does have the volume. So he's still like an RB3 flex if you're desperate. Um, he, he has at least a high enough floor if you're desperate. So um, I wouldn't expect the same thing as last week. Uh, I think he's going to come back down to earth, but you can't deny the volume. Yeah I, yeah, I don't I don't even know if Johnson would be a threat to receiving usage because the last game. So Johnson had been getting some receiving usage kind of early in the year, but coming off the uh, second game back off the bye, which is four five weeks ago now. But Burke had 53 percent of routes. Johnson, 25 percent. Then Johnson misses a couple games. He comes back. Burke had 45 percent. Johnson, 13 percent. So Johnson really has they've just kind of phased him out uh, of the offense. So I, I actually think Burkhead's role will stay stable. I just think the matchup is the bigger concern. Like it's bad. I think we have to go back to projecting him for like 2.2 yards a carry in this matchup, even though he like wasted. Yep. But um, I mean, as far like I still kind of assuming we don't get any major um injuries. I mean, I think it's pretty close between him and a guy like Dare Agunbowale because I mean, do we do we think he's just gonna get like the feature back role now with, with James Robinson out? And it's against the Patriots, which obviously always worries me just because the Patriots and they're smart. Um, so I don't know, like, is he your number one priority? Is it Burkhead? I think the one other guy that might be in the mix is Jordan Howard. Looks like he escaped with just a stinger. And so the coach Sirianni saying he's probably going to play. Um, he's probably going to be that true feature back um, for Philly. They've, they've kind of phased Boston Scott out a little. Now, if Boston Scott is like, if Howard and Sanders are out, Boston Scott obviously becomes that guy. But I think if Howard plays, he's going to get like 15 to 20 carries, all the goal line work. So I, I, between those three guys, um, how are you kind of looking at it in terms of priority? Yeah, I think in terms of upside, like Howard has RB2 upside at least. Um, and Daryl Williams, if he's out there, I mean, I, I don't know what his roster ship is, but he could have been dropped in town leagues. If he's out there, he certainly has RB2 upside this week. Even Ramondre Stevenson, uh, if he's out there. But um yeah, I, I would rank it, um, you know, Daryl Williams, number one, obviously, if he's out there, then probably Howard and then uh, Dare, Dare O, uh, because at least we know he, he probably is going to be the workhorse back. They had uh, they had no choice but to use him as the workhorse back because they uh, held out. Reichel Armstead was inactive, so he'll, he'll probably see some touches this week. But, you know, Reichel Armstead, he's like a figment. He's Reichel Armstead is like the Curtis Samuel of running back. It's like this guy yeah, has well, been a he, figment of our imagination since that year. We thought he was going to start over James Robinson like last year. He's like, back. He had really bad bout of COVID last year, uh, developed a heart condition, but he's apparently healthy and ready to go. They just held him out last week because they didn't expect Robinson to, you know, tear his Achilles. But, um, you know, I don't think Cottrell's a threat or anything. So I am worried about the matchup against the Patriots, but. Dari is a pass catching back. So it's a game script where he could still be involved. Uh, they could use him as a pass catching back. So at the end of the day, he's just an RB three flex option for me. Um, but like you said, I think Jordan Howard, if 
he is good to go this week. Like you said, he had a stinger. He does have RB2 upside. I mean, the Eagles love to run the ball. Uh, they should be able to, you know, have a pretty favorable game script against the football team. So I think Howard certainly has RB2 upside. But this is one of those things we'll have to see later in the week. There's going to be a lot of news that happens. Other guys might pop up uh, that we don't even talk about today. Uh, but another guy I wanted to throw out there was Keyshawn Vaughn um, against the Jets. If you're desperate, um, I could see him putting up RB2 value in the second half alone against the Jets. I, I just think they're going to blow him out. They kind of want to protect Ronald Jones with Leonard Fournette already out. You know, they don't want Ronald Jones to get hurt either. So I could see Keyshawn Vaughn just having a monster like second half. So if, if you're desperate uh, and you need a flyer out there, I think Vaughn is an interesting like low end RB3 with a ton of upside as well. Yeah, I was worried when he got that long touchdown against the Panthers, but then, you know, they kept going back to Jones. Um, you know, I think that, yeah, Vaughn is a good speculative ad. I mean, if, and listen, the Bucs have had some COVID issues, right? So yep. it's, not, it's, it's not out of the question that Jones goes on the COVID. And I think that's another strategy that goes for all positions. You know, if, if anyone on the team goes on the COVID list, especially on, at that position, um, you know, pick up, even if it's not the main guy, pick up like any backup who's not on the COVID list because you might get lucky. And like, you know, if you saw, if you saw Eckler out last week or, or like put on the COVID list, you know, Jackson was available in a lot of spots, you know, even if, you know, and Josh Kelly would have been a good add too, because you know, what, what if Jackson goes on the list like Saturday, not Saturday morning or something like that. So I think you got to yep, look at exactly. it like that. So I like, I like that call. Um, Williams. The only thing I'm worried about is like Derek Gore got 15 touches like we know now, especially late in the year, the Chiefs are kind of on their way to like clinching. Um, it's like never to trust Andy Reid's backfield distribution. So like, I, I don't know exactly where I'm gonna have Williams rank. Like he's still gonna probably be pretty high, challenging um, Agumba Wale and Howard. Um, probably be above Burkhead regardless, just because of the matchup. But um, that's the one thing I worry about is Derek Gore. Just kind of like I just don't yeah. know what Andy Reid be thinking sometimes. Um, it, it'd be working. It, it, you know, it's not. I'm not criticizing him, but. Yeah, that, that, that worries me. So um, we'll have to kind of see, get more yep. information on that. And yeah, Stevenson, if he's available, pick him up. Although, you know, Damian Harris has been playing so well that I think Stevenson kind of goes back to the true, like, number two running back, which is really the number three running back because Bolden will still get the passing usage uh, because you can't bench Damian Harris. You can't do that. You can't bench Damian Harris after a game like that unless he, like, misses a meeting or something. Well, I, I'm <laughs> saying you, you bench him in the second half because you're up 24 uh, yeah. nothing. And NFL, he's been though. dealing with the hammy injury. <laughs> oh, I, obviously, he's been yeah. dealing with a hammy injury. Um, you know, why would you still be giving him rush attempts? But like, like you said, it's the NFL, so he'll still be in there when they're up 34-0. Or, um, or they won't be up. They'll be like <laughs> Yeah, or the Jaguars will be winning by 10 or something. Or it'll be like a tie game, so they just have to keep beating <laughs> Harris. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so exactly. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think, you know, Stevenson is going to overtake Harris, especially after last week. Yeah, but just if you're desperate, he has that upside um, if he's available still. Uh, all right, let's go to wide receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown obviously should be rostered in all yes. leagues. If he's not, um, <laughs> he's been kind of weirdly low on the roster percentage. I just wanted to point that out. But uh, out of the guys who are or should be available in the majority of leagues out there, I think the first guy I want to get your opinion on and is is he actually the highest priority is Laquan Treadwell? Cause this is now five straight games. Uh, believe it is with four plus catches for 50 plus yards. <laughs> um, but he's going against the Patriots. So the question is, 
does Belichick view him now as the number one receiver? Because it's clearly not Chanel, even if he comes back. Like, it's, it's right. not him. His, his usage has been going down anyway. So it's not him. Marvin Jones, I feel like defensive coordinators kind of do look at Marvin Jones as that number one. And that's why his production has gone, gone, kind of gone in the tank. And Fredwell has been um, producing these consistent performances because they're paying a little more attention to Marvin Jones. So I'm just curious, at, you know, do we think we can get one more week of like 10 fantasy points in PPR from Treadwell? Absolutely. You can't fade him at this point. Like he said, he has a really high floor. Um, although I wouldn't put him over a guy like Josh Palmer. If he's out there, he's probably my top ad this week. Um, you know, I've been touting Josh Palmer since week one. I've been waiting for this moment. Um, I thought by now he would pass up Jalen Guyton. Unfortunately, he needed Jalen Guyton and Mike Williams to hit the COVID list to finally shine. But I think Mike Williams, is, he's expected to miss again this week. So Palmer should see, you know, 90% plus routes run this week. And, you know, he has one of the best deep ball passers than Justin Herbert. So I have Josh Palmer as a low end wide receiver three. So he's the top ad for me. Then, yeah, I would say Laquan Treadwell just because of his high floor. Um, but then these guys like Isaiah McKenzie, Zay Jones, they also have a pretty high floor right now. So I consider them, you know, sort of mid-range wide receiver four flex ads. Um, you know, I'm assuming Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis are supposed to be out again this week. Um, McKenzie led the entire team in routes run. They faced the Falcons this week. So I like Isaiah McKenzie, believe it or not. Um, and Zay Jones, sort of similar situation. He's running a ton of routes. Um, he has a really high floor too. He's seen five plus catches. And what, four of the past five games? Um, so these Treadwell, McKenzie, Zay Jones types are the kind of guys you kind of want in your last slot in the finals if you're hurting. Um, they, they all seem to really have a high floor right now. I mean, McKenzie and Zay Jones, all we need to do is get Robert Foster. And we got the uh, we got that <laughs> 2019 Bill squad. Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, one other guy I want to mention, KJ Osborne. Um, Adam Thielen, it, it looks like he's not going to play this week, right? I mean... I, don't know I can't had, imagine like the yeah. way he went down and the way he was acting, it seemed like a multi-week injury. It, it was the same injury, right? Like, I believe so. Well, I haven't seen an official it. update as we record this Monday afternoon that he's going to be out officially, but it, he did hurt the ankle and uh, didn't look good, as you said. So, I, yeah, I think Osborne would probably be, uh, you know, if you, if you don't, if you don't have St. Brown, I think, yeah, it would be Palmer, probably Osborne, then Treadwell, just because, Man, I have so much respect for Belichick. Like, I, I just, I mean, even if he's not treating Treadwell as the number one, they could kind of bagel him in this game. It's, it's still Trevor Lawrence against the Belichick defense, right? Like that's yeah, exactly. That's, that's a it's nightmare. Not, not pretty. That's a he couldn't get he couldn't <laughs> punch it in against the Jets to win the game. <laughs> Seriously, so I, I, I'm a little concerned about yeah. yeah going to face Belichick now. Uh, not I, as somebody that's been forced to watch too many Jaguar games, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has not looked good this year, so I, I definitely worry about them against yeah. Bill Belichick. Uh, how about Al Lazard? Any interest in him? Uh, and do, is MVS expected to return this week? Like, what's up with that? I, I think at this point, we have to assume that MVS, because remember, they've also, protocols are a little relaxed. So it's like, you can, mm-hmm. as long as you're not, as long as you're vaccinated, you can come back within, uh, you know, 24 hours of a negative, what is it? No symptoms or something like that? Negative test? I, I think know. you have to have a negative PCR, like yeah. below 35% or something. Like I haven't been up to date, but yeah, the, the threshold has been lowered. Right. So I, I would assume as if I'm like, when I'm projecting right now, I'm still projecting MVS to play, but yeah, Lazard, I think jumps up a lot, but for right now, I think you have to look at the guys that are more likely to be out like Palmer as far as priority, because it's like, 
if Lazard's on your wire, but also like Palmer and Osborne and, you know, Zay Jones and Treadwell are on your wire, I think it's just a smarter move to pick up those guys because they're more likely to play a full complement of snaps. Whereas Lazard, you know, if MVS is back, MVS usually is treated as the number two uh, receiver. So it's just a little, you know, Lazard will still be out there a, a lot of routes, I think, a lot of snaps. But um, yeah, he's kind of a little further down. And then what about like, what are we doing with Kadarius Tony? I know you liked him last week, um, but the Giants passing game, the quarterback situation, you can't like that. So it's like, can we trust yeah. this guy at all? Is, I mean, I, I'm kind of leaning toward no, just because there's so many other options. Yeah, um, no. But the, you had him written down, so. Uh, the the ship knives. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I, I just wanted to mention him one more time. Just he, he has so much potential. But the ship has sailed. We would need the season to be four or five more weeks and for Daniel Jones to return for him to be relevant. But unfortunately, time has run out and we can't trust Kadarius Tony this week. Uh, I just wanted to mention him one more time. That's all. Yeah, I saw him written down here. I was like, that's a a little bit of an outlier. And how crazy is it? So it looks like Allen Robinson is going to return this week. Yes, he is back. Um, Even if he's available out there, there's no way you can add him and play him. And he was drafted in what, the second round, third round? Like how, like. I think, I think, I think, I think you do draft him. I think you do pick him up and play him. Pick him up and play him this week? Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it like this. He's in the midst of his worst season as a pro. There's two games left. What are they, what do you, especially, and I think it would be even better if Foles played, obviously, if the fields, plays, yeah. it's, they're building that running game and, you know, they're building, you know, they're going to try to run, be run heavy, but like, really, if Allen Robinson comes back, I don't think it's his fault that like all this disastrousness occurred. Right. So I think Bears, I mean, they clearly have nothing to lose. Nagy's going for two, you know, they're in that mode to where I think they just go out there and try to get Allen Robinson. He's at 32 catches right now. For 353 yards. Like, I think they try to get him to, like, 50 for 500 at least. You know what I mean? Like, these last two games, I could see them trying to get him, like, 10 for 100 each game. So. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. Just a speculation, so. obviously. I, he, could, he would be really tough to trust in the finals, though. That's all I'm saying. And he's probably available on ton of leagues, which is just, I can't remember the last <laughs> time a receiver's drafted in, like, the first three rounds. And he's healthy and available in the finals week. and. Nobody cares. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, like it's you wrong. said, it's it's not all his fault, obviously. A lot of things going on. It's just interesting to point out. Oh, yeah. It's it's murderous. But I mean, yeah, if you're desperate, hey, uh, yeah. you know, why not? At least have them have the option, you know, see what yeah. happens. Um, but let's go to tight end quickly. Uh Foster Moreau, if Waller sits again, is probably the top option. Oh, actually, no. Pat Fryermuth, if he comes back, I think would be the top option uh this week is it one of those two guys for you oh yeah for sure um you know foster moreau he's a low-end tight end one Mm -hmm. uh when waller's out and he had that one bad game i think it was the first spot start he had uh he performed poorly but he's bounced back and he's he's been productive without waller i have no idea if waller is going to return this week so yeah if, if moreau for some reason is out there and you need help at tight end he's he's a top ad uh and firemuth yeah just the touch on upside that firemuth provides um he's you know like a low end tight end one kind of upside. So if he's, if he got dropped last week, certainly Adam. Um, but outside of that, you know, guys like Gerald Everett, Cole Komet, they seem to have a higher, you know, floor, especially Komet. Like he's good for four catches and 50 yards every week, but no touchdowns because of Jimmy Graham, uh, the touchdown vulture. So those guys, if you're just looking for a higher floor, um, but that's, that, that's about it. And our boy, Dan Arnold, he might return this week. Um, so, you know, if he's out there, maybe he's, 
a flyer ad, but uh, either way, it's it's Moreau and Firemuth for me. Yeah, the Patriots entered the week number one in DVOA against tight ends, so maybe maybe not. <laughs> oh well, yeah, and yeah. I, I thought O'Shaughnessy got hurt. Like I was watching he did. the game, he did. It looked like his leg exploded, but he he's not an injury report. So I, I guess it was just like a minor issue. Might have been a cramp or something. But if he was out and Arnold returned this week, then I would be all over Arnold. But yeah, can't trust him, uh, especially against the Pats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially yeah, now, especially with them having like must wins, like I, you know, they yeah. now because now they kind of gave up that division yep. lead to the Bills, so yeah, I wouldn't trust them. Everett and Komet, yeah, um, just because of the matchups, you know, Detroit, the Giants, those are pretty soft, soft matchups. So, um, but yeah, I think I'd mean Fryermuth number one, Moreau, Fryermuth number one because we know, you know, he's the starter. Moreau because it doesn't look like Waller's going to be back, but there is a chance. You know, there's always a chance because Waller only needs a, I think he needs like a few yards for a thousand. So they might like bring him back oh, at some point. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What, what does he have? Right? That would be, that's what week 18 is for. Yeah. Oh no, no, he's pretty short. No, no, sorry. He's, uh, he's way. I, I heard the announcer say that he was like close to a thousand, but he's actually at six forty three. So yeah, no, he's not coming back. I doubt, or I doubt <laughs> okay. he's coming back is what I should oh, say. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, I, uh, I don't know why they said that. Fantasy um, flex favorite Brevin Jordan uh, bounced back last week with four catches for 56 yards. Uh, he's another guy with a ton of upside. If we're talking about super deep yeah. tight ends, another of tough matchup. Though. I think San Francisco is what number two in DVOA. <laughs> yeah, Jaquissi Tart. You know that shutdown defense. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. They're just the Texans are in evaluation evaluation mode. And Brevin Jordan, he was held out week fifteen because of that hand injury. But anytime yeah. he's been active and healthy, he's been putting up numbers. So he's just like a bet on talent kind of play this week. Yeah, I don't mind him. I mean, it's it is it's yeah, they are number two, so it's it's a tough matchup. But uh, you know, if you're desperate in a two tight end, two, you know, deep league, uh, you could do a lot worse. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our uh, waiver episode for week 17, presented by Prize Picks. Be sure to follow Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app. Check out ActionNetwork.com for our fantasy football content rankings and projections and fantasylabs.com for our dfs content tools and models and be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on apple or spotify really helps us out a lot until next time get this money